from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back. It's a whole nother day, and the three of us are back together. Hope you guys are enjoying that. Uh, we certainly are. We have a great show for you today. We're going to talk, you know, the guy that's probably the most popular in town right now is the quarterback that hasn't had to do anything yet. Uh, but that's coming down the pike. Pat Mahomes is our topic for the most part today. And uh, I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, as well as your host at RGR Football. And how are you guys doing today? I'm doing exceptionally well. Life is good, man. I can't complain. I got good friends visiting, having good times. I'm doing pretty good as well, so uh, no complaints on this side. Rock and roll. Well, I guess we should start at where his public perception is right about now. Um, went through OTAs uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. Positive reports. Yeah, he threw a couple of picks. People are, you know, kind of questioning some ball placement, whatever. But, you know, this oh is like – the early getting it up to idle kind of phase. Um, <laughs> but there's a, there's a couple of kind of stray opinions out there, right? Yes. that's I, I ran across those uh, the, earlier this week, and it's been a weird – I don't know. You, you see some genuinely weird stuff getting floated out there that I can't quite figure out where people are coming from, honestly. Um, and that's – I mean, I don't know which things in particular you're talking about, but I, I know I saw – uh, someone on my, on my timeline, a bunch of people were suddenly talking about whether or not Mahomes could pick up Andy Reid's offense, and that was weird to me that that would be coming up right now. But apparently, that's like a, an issue right now. People are talking about, I guess. Chris, is that the same thing that you were talking about yesterday? That, that you heard something similar? Well, yeah, I, I was actually going off of what uh, Seth on Seth's timeline on Twitter, uh, and he was talking about how. Uh, there's a narrative that Pat Mahomes cannot pick up Andy Reid's offense, and that's, to me, very strange. Um, I haven't heard anything about this kid not having the brains for football. So uh, and from what they told us or from what everybody said, he blew him away in the film room. So I have a hard time believing he can't pick up this offense or whatever offense Reid is going to run with Mahomes as the QB. Right. Well, Because it's not going to be the same offense. We, we know that. Right. right. I actually saw, and this is just on a corollary, corollary note, um, um, uh, his Dirkness, one of the amateur hour guys, he he did a, he had a tweet where he talked about the speed of Reed's offense, you know, based on football outsider statistics. And when he was with the Eagles, the, the, the offense they ran was one of the fastest in the league for like 10 years in a row. It was in the top 10. Like, it, I think it fell out of the top 10 maybe once, and that was like 11. And then in the first year at Kansas City, it was like 13th. And then every year after that, it was like 27th, 29th, 29th, whatever. And so that's just an interesting side note with regards to the offense looking different. Andy Reid, before Kansas City, before more specifically Alex Smith, ran a much faster paced offense. Okay, but don't you also think that part of that is because he's got a signal caller that is very, very good at diagnosing defenses before the snap? Right. Well, that's what, not so great after. Well, that's what I'm saying exactly. Yes, <laughs> that that's the, okay. that's the reason why it was an adjustment. And he he apparently, you know, their first year they kind of tried to maybe do it a little more Andy's way, and it was an adjustment to his quarterback. And it's just an interesting thing to consider the idea that they might be in the hurry up more. We might not see. I mean, the last two years, every snap for the most part. 
came with like one second left on the play clock, right? I mean, it was consistent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that kind of drove me nuts a little bit. I understand allowing Alex Smith as much time as possible to diagnose a defense, but talk about making it easy on pass rushers. Yeah, it does help you set up your timing. You know, you're, you're not doing any strange counts at that point. Yeah, and so, it, yeah, this whole, this idea, and it apparently started with a, with a segment on 610, which I, you know, I, it was a host that I'd never appear with. I, it, was, it was Bob Fesco. I don't really know him much compared to some of the other media personalities in town, but apparently he has a big man crush on Baker Mayfield, which, hey, it's fine. I love Baker Mayfield. Um, but his, his response to the idea that, you know, Mayfield will be better than Mahomes. And it was part like he was saying he, he's hearing Mahomes is having trouble picking up the playbook. That would, that's, that's all I've heard. There was like this really brief thing, which is funny because I've been doing this just long enough to know a few people. And that is literally the opposite of what I've heard. Same thing that I've heard too, that he is <laughs> on track and running down the rails. Right. Well, and the whole thing doesn't really make sense to me. I, it doesn't, really add up if you look at everything that has happened right and that's what my tweet was about i kind of did like a you know i did one of those threads <laughs> and i just said oh. the, the andy reed had every excuse to hang on to alex smith for another season after the season alex had in 2017 right there were people that were arguing for it he had an excuse if he wanted to stick with mahomes or to, to, to stick with alex mm-hmm. and let mahomes sit another year he chose not to. And I know people are like, well, they spent two first-round draft picks. See, I, the, the idea that Andy Reid would make his team willingly worse when he didn't have to, that makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's just kind of silly. Well, and I saw the same argument you were talking about. Uh, so I, I actually saw that thread you were talking about, and somebody said the two first-round picks, and I'm sitting there going, yeah, and I'll go exactly with what you're saying. You're not going to make your team worse. You're not going to hand over the reins to somebody that is not ready to at least be, uh, you know, 60 or 70% of what Alex was and at least have an opportunity to learn and play well. Right. And that's, you know, Andy Reid is is very aware of his legacy. He's very aware of, of what comes along with shipping a proven quarterback out of town. You better be right. And this idea that he would ship off Alex because of sunk cost, unless Andy Reid is an idiot, that is not why he did that. And I don't think, and look, Andy Reid, you know, he's got some issues next stuff. And I, you know, I know TJ Carpenter was, well, he's just prideful. Well, what what does that mean? Because that's some people say, well, he's too stubborn and prideful. Well, so what does that mean? He thinks Mahomes sucks, but he thinks he can scheme around it. Why would he do that if he doesn't, if he's got a quarterback that he doesn't need to do that with? If the theory is that Alex is such a significantly better quarterback, it just it, it's one of those situations where I'm you know got, you guys know me I'm big about looking at the evidence. What does the evidence tell us now? Hey, we who knows what'll happen with Mahomes, but what we saw out of him in Week 17 wasn't a guy who had no idea what he was doing, had no idea where to align people. You know what I mean? It just well, and here's the most significant thing for me: he's a guy who got to practice for a week. Yeah, and that's what he turned out in Denver. I mean, you can say, okay, they rested their starters and they they let him be the guy for a week. Okay, that's fine, but he didn't take starter reps the whole season. Correct. So you can't tell me that that was uh, applicable to what he's getting now in terms of the daily 
reference to everything they're doing. And like you said, Andy's going to adapt to a quarterback and now he's going to adapt to Mahomes. Absolutely. And it also, it seems to me like people are continually ignoring because Patrick Mahomes has a big arm. And this is what the whole, you know, the Beyond the Arms series on The Athletic, which I don't think we mentioned that enough in the last podcast that I write for The Athletic. Um, right. We're confused. The, yeah, yeah, I could tell. I could tell. But this idea, he's got such a big arm and he makes these crazy plays, right? These no-look passes that people have somehow bought into this idea that he's some kind of idiot or something. Where, I mean, Doug Farrar wrote a great piece on him prior to the draft about kind of the myth of the air raid offense that like Mahomes had, you know, you know, cause the air raid offense is obviously it's more sparse than a pro offense. But the reality is Patrick Mahomes, his last year in college had the right to kill into literally any play in their playbook. And that's impressive. That's incredibly impressive. Most college quarterbacks don't get that. A lot of pro quarterbacks don't get that. Right, and just being able to switch to literally any play, that's – I mean, that also speaks volumes about the rest of his teammates. Right. It does. Well, here's what it tells me, that his coach knew he had the entire playbook memorized. Just just from, from Jump Street, that's the first thing it tells you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so to me, it's ignoring what we know about him in favor of the imaginary and the what-if. Well, that's not the only one. Let's let's take a quick second. We'll come back and we'll talk about what else we know. All right. We're talking Patrick Mahomes. And because we're talking Patrick Mahomes, I have to take the lead because I think of everyone. I am the biggest Mahomer alive. So I'm, <laughs> I've stolen that title. <laughs> that is me. No one is a Mahomer like I am a Mahomer because I was a Mahomer before there were Mahomers, if you're okay. following me. I have to I'm ask not... you a question. Are you oh, going to have a Mahomer jersey? You know what? I don't have a Mahomes jersey. I I have I, the jerseys that I had got stolen from me, so now I have a Charles jersey and a Barry jersey. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a jersey buying guy, honestly. Yeah, but if you're calling yourself a Mahomer, I mean, we're you know, it's all about what's in our heart, Chris. Okay. Not Aww. not what's in our actions. Okay. Do I need to? You know, look. You know, as it says in Romans eight verse. Okay, I'm kidding. I won't. I won't. I won't start down that road today. Um. <laughs> But here, here's the really interesting thing, and I wanted to bounce something off you guys, just just a thought that I was having. So Patrick Mahomes, as of right now, has had one full offseason and then a full regular season in Andy Reid's offense, right? He also will now have another full offseason, right? Yep. How many rookie quarterbacks have come in in the last 10 years and played – at least decently. In a situation like that or in general? In general. In general. Can you think of more than like is it like is it this incredibly rare thing, I guess what I'm saying, for a rookie quarterback to come in and actually and, and do all right. Like not when he's like quarterbacking for the Browns or something, but like come in and like we've seen that, right? It's not unprecedented or even close, right? No, not at all. Some guys get in and get started and they are able to get clicking. Maybe not, you know, all pro or whatever, but sure. they can they can make yardage. Right. They can play well. Here's what I'm curious about. If you've got a guy who after a literal full year in the offense, so two, in, in like two full off seasons and a full season where his only job has been to learn this offense. That's that's basically it. 
His job is to learn the offense. And people are saying that this offense is so completely unlearnable and such this incredible mystery that a guy with a year and a half where that was literally his full-time job can't learn it. Aren't they really saying when you look at what other rookie quarterbacks have done recently that we should somehow believe that Patrick Mahomes is dumber than a lot of other rookie quarterbacks? Like, am I wrong here? Well, I actually think that what they're trying to say is that Andy Reid isn't going to change, which makes zero sense to me at all whatsoever because his offense has always been changing. Right. That, I mean, you no, look that's... at what he's done in the past. You look at what he's done in the past, and he has changed his offense to generally fit the scheme that best fits his players. And mm-hmm. saying that Mahomes isn't going to be picking up the offense, even if that was the case, which I don't believe it is because we've talked about this, I think that he is a very smart quarterback and can do – uh, very smart at football in football intelligence. Uh, even if that was the case, Reed would change it and get him get it to where he would be able to run it. So I I don't understand the thought process at all. Right, and so Ryan, do you understand where I'm coming from too? Like this idea that after literally an extra year of time, we're saying, oh no, it's just unknowable. He just he just can't pick it up. You know, Ryan, if you don't know where I'm coming from, you could just say so. Well, if I unmuted my channel when I'm coughing, that would probably be a good thing. Uh, so excuse me, folks. Man, for a second, I, for a I, second, I, I thought one. I finally made you mad. Oh, no, sure. hey, keep working but, I mean, on that. But no, you're exactly right. right. For a guy who who came in. Just start talking about Anthony Sherman and you'll be, you'll be right there. <laughs> we'll get to him, I swear. Um, but for a guy who came in and like the biggest story pre-draft on him, or actually post-draft, about what he did pre-draft was coming and work the board with Andy before he was even selected and to think like you said that he's had this this girth of time to observe and learn and understand the terminology and yes the the air aid is is i don't want to call it simplistic out of you know fear of offending anyone who runs that offense but it's not the levels of complexity of andy Reid's offense let's just be absolutely classic about that and to to understand that he can come in uh, and get all those concepts and and learning the terminology is the biggest part. To have that whole year under his belt, that's a whole right. different concept. And to think that Andy's not going to make things easier for him, maybe they're using some of his terminology from tech. Maybe they're actually running count, route combinations that he prefers or that he knows that his delivery is such that he wants to run that concept. I have to think, if anything, it's gotten easier for Patrick in the last six months. Well, it's that year, you're right? And so what I said to someone, and they didn't really seem to get what my point was because they were almost like offended with my phrasing, I guess, whatever. Imagine if you had a literal full calendar year and a half where your full-time job was to learn. Because people say, oh, man, well, his playbook is as thick as a phone book. Yeah? A year and a half, guys, where for 40 hours a week, all you did was learn that terminology, learn that playbook. And with what we've heard about Mahomes, I doubt it was only 40 hours a week. And you're right. telling me, in order to not pick it up, if you've already got, because you know there's a bunch of stuff about being quarterback that's tough, but in order to not pick that up, he would have to be slower than a lot of other rookie quarterbacks that we've seen. And that's what just kills me is this idea that people are treating him like a rookie because we're an out-of-sight, out-of-mind type of people. He's not a rookie. I, I, I see where you're coming from, and I've referred to him as a rookie myself, right. but I do understand the point that you're making. Right. We, the question comes back to me, though. Why do you guys think that somebody's going to push this point? 
honestly, if I'm being like full disclosure, why I think someone would push this because there's a lot of hype about Patrick Mahomes and it's fun to be contrarian for starters. The other thing is if someone had an original narrative about him and I didn't look, I have no idea if this is the case, but in my experience, what usually happens in situations like this is there was a narrative that someone started off and they're going to, they're going to die on that hill. And they're going to look foolish as they die on that hill. <laughs> right. And who knows? We, I'm not, I always say this. Yeah. I try to look at the film and I do the best I can. But, I mean, none of us knows the future. Mahomes might bust. But this idea, people need to acknowledge this whole, oh, well, he just, there's no way he's learned the playbook by now. In a year and a half? You don't think he's got a lot of it down in a year and a half? That, then, then, he's, then he probably will never, if he doesn't have at least 60, 70% of the playbook figured out after a year and a half, he's probably not going to make it as an NFL quarterback. Well, and, and let me just... And I know we need to get to the next segment, but let me put it this way. If you envision a quarterback that doesn't have his playbook known, that can't rely on his recall of what should be going on, and you want to look around the league for somebody, you can find him in Denver because that's what Paxton Lynch looks like on the field. And Patrick Mahomes does not look like Paxton Lynch. He didn't even look like him in the one game he started. He looked like he had better control of the offense. And I know that's exactly what your point was. But this this is one of those weird ones. And, again, if people want to come up with, with legitimate reasons to be concerned about Patrick Mahomes, let's talk about overthrows. Let's talk about trusting his arm too much. Let's talk about some legitimate issues. But this idea, it's just something to say, honestly. It's just something to say that cannot be disproven. So it's easy to just throw out there. There are a lot of people that, quite frankly, see, I don't know. I don't want to get myself too worked up. People that just <laughs> throw out terminology like, oh, well, you know, it takes a while to learn the game. The NFL ain't college. What, okay, what do you mean by that? And anytime I've asked someone other than, I mean, there are some people that say similar things that really know what they're talking about, right? And they're right. But, uh, you know, this whole like, oh, no, he's going to have trouble. You know, that West Coast offense is tricky. Well, what part of the West Coast offense? What do you mean? What's tricky about it? And I have literally never once gotten a satisfactory answer to that question. It's just something people have heard, and so they repeat it. And that annoys me. It's the opposite of analysis. It's just saying something. You know, I could say, well, you know, because he played in Texas, I think that means because everything's bigger in Texas, he's got a bigger brain. And so he knew the playbook in the first day, and you can't prove me wrong. It's just saying crap. Why is it that when you say that, I hear Samuel Jackson? <laughs> I don't know, actually. That's that's, that's weird. And so I, I, it just it bothers me because there's no the, – the thought process behind it doesn't make sense if you actually break it down. It's something that actually sounds kind of – oh, man, see, I can't believe I'm going to do this. It's something that sounds clever if you just say it, and no one bothers to really break down what you mean when you say it. That's what it is. It's just something to say that sounds clever on the surface, but is actually really, really, really nonsensical when you think about it. Chris, you, you with that too, or do you think there's something else going on? I think people are looking for things to try to talk about, and uh, <laughs> that was something to try to talk <laughs> about. Yeah. Touche. Touche. I mean, like I said before, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, Everything that we saw pre-draft and post-draft was how good he was on the board, how how good his football intelligence was. Mm -hmm. And, yes, it's hard to pick up the West Coast offense, but it's different when you're the quarterback than it is when you're a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. 
when you're a wide receiver, they're not going to change the playbook for you. They're going to change it for a quarterback. Yes, they will. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's a good take, Chris. Strong take. Strong I like it. Cool. Why don't we take another break and we'll come back and wrap this thing up? <laughs> All right. So we've talked about Patrick Mahomes a little bit today. <laughs> uh, why don't we go ahead and flip over the other side of the ball and talk about uh, Justin Houston and his ability to get after the passer this year? Oh, man. Unfortunately, everyone always agrees on that. So, well, <laughs> and Ryan, I know you had a video on RGR football. You want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, and basically, I just put it up uh, what two days ago, and check that out over on YouTube if you like, folks. Uh, it'll be in the show notes. But my whole concept is that yes, it's been a down season or two in terms of his production. But if you look very specifically. Uh, at him and Von Miller in 2017, you see that both of them lacking a guy opposite them was a large contribution to why their numbers weren't where you would hope them to be. And I tried not to get in the whole Bob likes to drop him in the coverage kind of thing. But how hard was that? The, the, it was it was difficult. I will give you that. But the synopsis <laughs> for me and Seth, I, I don't know if you feel the same way or, or similarly. But the whole thing for me is it doesn't matter who it is. It just has to be someone who can do the job on passing downs. And if that means it's a situational guy that comes in on third down and the other two are played by somebody else, I'm okay with that. They just got to be able to get after the, the guy throwing the ball from the whatever side it is, opposite of Justin Houston. Right. You cannot have just two good pass rushers. You cannot. Um, if if the other two pass rushers, because normally it's four, Sutton likes to rush four, if the other two are mediocre, and that's what the Chiefs had last year. They had two very good pass rushers in Chris Jones and Justin Houston, and then nothing. And that will never do the job, because even very good pass rushers win maybe 25% of the time. And that's a high number, right? And mm. so, I mean, it's just simple math. One guy winning 25% of the time, one guy winning 25% of the time. Even if they both won on different snaps, that's still only 50%. You need numbers. That's why Philly is, like, signing everyone. So I totally agree with you, Ryan. Like, Chris Jones and Justin Houston both somehow became a little underrated by Chiefs fans after last season. And I found the same thing with both of their film. The problem was is that then the next guy was Frank Zombo. Right. Have that. Right. right, and Alan Bailey was disappointing, and they just they just didn't have anything else, so they need someone. And the other thing was, it wasn't just Sutton dropping Houston in coverage. He just had a passive role on some downs where, I mean, whether he was playing contain, whether he was, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry about that, whether he was dropping not even into a zone coverage but just into a passing lane. Houston had a very passive role in the defense. In the six games, I think it was six, seven games I reviewed, 30%. 30% of his pass rushing snaps, he wow. did not rush the passer. Now, again, not all of those were zone coverage, so we don't need to string up Bob Sutton, okay? But they were just passive snaps. And it just drove me crazy because he actually still won at a pretty high percentage considering how often he wasn't rushing. And so if you really want to know what Justin Houston is capable of, watch him against the Eagles, against two of the best tackles in the league, and then go watch those guys against other people. <laughs> or watch what they did to D4 that game. They undressed him that game. And, and so with Houston, I, I wrote about it extensively on The Athletic. The article's up there now where I charted you know, wins, loss, neutral. Even in an incredibly passive role, Houston, he, he almost never loses against the run. He, he doesn't lose much as a pass rusher either. 
Um, and, and he wins a significant portion of the time when he's sent. My real hope is that this season they really assign him a, a more aggressive role. And like you said, Ryan, they get someone opposite him. And people, if they do, people are going to be like, oh, wow, he's back. Be like, no, he never really left. He was the same player in a different situation. I will say this. I am one of Bob's most Indeed. outspoken critics. But I will say this. The dynamic of he and both the inside and outside linebacker coach comes over back from the Jets. Same configuration years ago when they worked for Rex. And I am going to give him, at least for this preseason, I'm going to give him a pass and and act as though this is 2010 again. And maybe Bob can get back to actually using chess pieces like it's chess and not checkers and dial things up. Not just, you know, with the, the intricate... Uh, occasional safety blitz, which has paid off for Parker and, and Sorensen some too, especially in that Philly game. Mm-hmm. But but for Justin, design the, the front seven to help your best pass rusher mm-hmm. out. I would love to see that. Well, and move him around. Yeah. I mean, that, that was one of the things, uh, and we're going to talk with Cody Tapp tomorrow uh, about you know Patrick Mahomes a little bit, uh, so you'll get a little bit more of that. And then also... A little bit, little bit about the defense and where things can go on that. Yeah, it's going to be a great show, too. Uh, fellas, I think we have covered what we need to cover for today. I'm really interested to see what we come up for next week. So, uh, folks, thank you for being with us. Check out Seth's work over on The Athletic. Uh, check out Locked on Chiefs for what Chris is doing and uh, hit YouTube for RGR. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked on Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.